good to see that you braved the elements on this uh, rainy day and are here to be with us in worship today. If you're a visitor here, we're delighted to have you here and um, hope that you'll come back to worship with us on many future occasions. A reminder to you about Ash Wednesday as we begin uh, the season of Lent together this week. Ash Wednesday service will be at 7 o'clock right here. Very brief service, including the um, imposition of ashes, a time to call us to uh, examine our lives as we remember our Lord preparing himself for the cross and forgiving his life for us. Children are reminded uh, that tonight the activities are usual. Uh, come on Sunday night uh, at 5.30 to 7 o'clock for usual programs and also a reminder that all first through fifth graders are invited to join Jessica in the social hall at 5 o'clock for handbells, children's handbells. Um, all of you adults too are invited to join the church family for a fun night at the Greenville Road Warriors hockey game. Uh, we have a block of seats reserved for Friday, March the 2nd. Tickets are $8 each and the game starts at 735. Reserve your tickets today by signing up inside the entrance to the Family Life Center. See Katie Jeter or Wayne or Christy Morris if you have any questions. Uh, this time I'd like to call on Adam Wycliffe for uh, some announcements uh, or an announcement. <laughs> okay. Good morning. All right, uh, I just want to remind everyone that the cross-training Sunday school class is having their uh, uh, annual dinner. It's called Southern Eats and Silent Treats, featuring the not-so-newlywed game. Arthur, when is that, since it's not in the bulletin? What date was that? Oh, yeah, forget. <laughs> March 11th, so. So this is a sign that you have to read your bulletin to get all the dates in there. So it's March 11th at 6 p.m. in the Family Life Center. We're going to uh, enjoy a wonderful dinner. Just reading this list makes me hungry. This is a chicken, baked potato, green beans, rolls, and dessert. Uh, we're also going to have a silent auction. I'm sure uh, many of you, like me, have spent our entire life savings at this silent auction. Um, we're not going to have a live auction, so uh, make sure to spend essentially twice as much at the silent auction. Uh, if you do have any items to donate, you can see me or anyone else in our Sunday school class. Uh, the entertainment will be the not-so-newlywed game. So uh, we might find some of you who are not newlyweds but are married in our church to help us out with this game. We'll find you. Uh, adult tickets are $10, and uh, we'll be selling tickets at the uh, beginning and end of every service. So if you uh, come to this service, great. If you or go to the contemporary service normally, you can also buy the tickets there. And if you have children, the, uh, a nursery will be provided. So you don't have to leave them at home alone. Um, and then all proceeds go to the church budget. Thanks. The youth, some of our youth are in the back. And as you leave today, you can purchase um, sweatshirts for which goes to support their summer mission trip so uh, see these young people before you leave today uh, regarding that uh, mission trip sweatshirt let us um, now begin our time together in worship 
invite you to turn to page six in uh, your hymnal to join me in the um, opening prayer, and you're invited to kind of uh, keep a bookmark in this part of your hymnal because we'll be returning to this section throughout the service today. Our opening prayer is there near the top of page six. Let us pray. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. We invite the children to come forward now to join the future Adam, Mrs. Adam Wycliffe, <clears throat> Samantha, for a few moments of sharing. She's got a ring. Thank you for teaching us 
to love others as you have loved us. Thank you for being patient and being kind. Amen. And I have in here for each of you
prayer for illumination is on page six, um, toward the bottom of the page. I invite you to, to join me in this prayer. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Scripture lesson is from 2 Kings chapter 2, and I'm actually going to be reading a little bit more than is printed there, verses 1 through 15. <clears throat> when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elisha said to Eli Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. A company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, but do not speak of it. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, but do not speak of it. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men of the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took off his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You've asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise not. As they were walking along and talking together, Suddenly, a chariot of fire and horses and fire appeared and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him, Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them apart. Then he picked up the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and went back and stood at the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak that had fallen from him and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. The company of the prophets from Jericho who were watching said, The spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. 
and they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. Here ends the lesson. Well, again, I hope I've caught your attention with my sermon title, uh, Elijah Part One. Whenever something is so big that you have to have a part one, that means that you also have at least a part two. And there actually are three parts uh, of Elijah's saga that I want to share with you today. This is Transfiguration Sunday, the last Sunday in the season of Epiphany. Lent begins this week. Transfiguration Sunday remark, marks the time when Jesus went up on the mountain to pray and he was changed or transfigured into his heavenly appearance. There he was joined by Moses and Elijah and the closest friends of Jesus saw all of this. They believed that this had occurred to fulfill Jesus' promise that some of them would not die until they had seen Jesus coming in his glory. So Elijah, Elisha, and the third person were all very significant spiritual kinsmen, three prophets on a similar mission. And that third one was John the Baptist. And together I am calling them Elijah, parts one, two, and three. Elijah of the Old Testament is part one. He was the mightiest of the Old Testament prophets. We're told that one time he said a prayer and it stopped raining for years. He took on all the prophets of Baal and won. Mighty kings were afraid of him. One day, Elijah saw Elisha plowing a field with a dozen yoke of oxen, and he called him to follow him by tossing his coat to him. Boy, if it would be that easy to get some young people to go into the ministry, George and I would be throwing our robes at everybody, wouldn't we, George? But that was a symbol of come along on this journey, and Elisha did that. Elisha became every bit as potent and strong a prophet as Elijah had been, as he was the successor, and so he is Elijah part two. Elijah, Elijah part three is none other than John the Baptist, because the prophet Malachi predicted that God would send Elijah back before the day of the Lord occurred. Jesus told the disciples that John had been the fulfillment of that prophecy because he had come in the same office in spirit as the prophet Elijah. For this reason, some people say that John the Baptist was in fact the last of the Old Testament style prophets, even though he lived in the time of the New Testament. Uh, Kings, 2 Kings contains that wonderful story of Elijah's departure from earth and the beginning of Elisha's ministry. Now I know that technically speaking, Elijah did not die. He was carried to heaven alive. But whenever someone leaves the earth and enters into eternal life permanently in heaven, it sure looks an awful lot like death, doesn't it? And Elisha certainly experienced this as the death of his mentor, even though he was taken alive into glory. So I want to take a little liberty with this story today and ask you for just a few minutes 
to consider that this was Elijah's death in terms of his departure from the earth. Because there's so many things that Elisha experienced that you and I experience when someone we love dies. Certainly we can learn something from Elisha's experience. The story begins with the two of them traveling along together on life's road as you and I travel along together on the Lord's road here on earth. Elijah, the elder, certainly knows that he is about to leave the earth. And so three times he attempts to get rid of Elisha so that Elisha won't have to go through that pain of seeing or feeling the loss or watching the loss of his mentor. But three times Elisha answers like he is an ancient Samwise Gamgee from the Lord of the Rings fame. There's no way I'm leaving you at a time like this. I know you're going somewhere alone, but I'm going with you, as Sam Wise said. Two times, groups of prophets, one from Bethel and the other from Jericho, come out to meet them on their journey to make sure that the younger man, Elisha, knows that he's about to lose his mentor. And two times, Elisha says, of course I know, but I don't want to talk about it. Finally, Elijah and Elisha arrive at the banks of the Jordan, which has for a long time been a symbol to us of what must be crossed before we get on the other side to the promised land of heaven. And Elijah takes his cloak off and parts the water so that the two of them can go together right up to the gates of eternity. This time, the group of prophets just stands back looking at all this activity. They appear to me to to be like a group of mourners who have gathered at the cemetery. Knowing that he is about to die, so to speak, Elijah asks Elisha what he might do for him as a final act of love. And Elisha asked for a double portion of God's spirit, which has lived inside of Elijah all those years. Elijah realizes that this is a request that only God can answer. And so he tells Elisha that if God allows him to see as he is being taken away, then that last request would be granted. Suddenly, and almost unexpectedly it appears, the departure occurs, and Elijah is taken up in a whirlwind, the writer says, a chariot of fire. But Elisha did see the whole thing clearly. We hear him crying, Father, Father, and in grief and agony, he rips his clothing of, as an expression of his sorrow, Elisha realizes that his friend has left him forever. And yes, he knows that his friend has gone to heaven, and yet he cries, and he tears his clothing in sorrow. He is grief-stricken in every sense of the word. And in his sorrow, Elisha feels something else that you and I sometimes feel. He feels utterly abandoned by Almighty God. Where are you, God of Elijah, he asked. Well, lying there on the ground is that cloak, Elijah's cloak, 
that same symbol of discipleship that had summoned him to follow in the prophet's path. Armed with that cloak, Elisha walks back to the bank of the Jordan, and as he had seen his teacher do, he struck the water, and again the river divided, allowing him to walk across on dry land. The mourners at the cemetery, the prophets, know what this means, and they answer Elijah's, Elisha's question. We can tell you where the God of Elijah is. We see God's spirit now dwells with you, Elisha. I hope that you can begin to see some of the parallels between this experience of death and what you and I go through with people we love. We travel along together with people we love. And some of them are our mentors who we've depended upon. And they're approaching death. And we're called to walk along that journey with them. Our friends can see what's happening. And so they take us to one side to make sure we understand. Do you know your friend is dying? And we respond with a bit of denial. Of course we know that. We just don't want to talk about it right now. Sometimes our dying friend seems to want to go on without us and complete their journey alone. And hospice workers will tell you that indeed sometimes a patient will wait until they're all alone to die. But other times they seem to wait for a family member to come to be with them or a friend. In reality, those that are dying are just like Elijah. They really appreciate our company on that journey. And so we need to make every effort to be with them while we can. Even this part of the journey is better when we have company. As our dying friends approach the Jordan, we have the opportunity to talk to one another about what life together has meant to both of us. And although it is indeed a painful thing for those of us who will be left behind, we can draw strength from one another even in this difficult time as death draws near. Like Elisha, when death finally comes and separates us from our friend, we might even feel deserted by Almighty God. Death has a way of removing more than just our loved ones from us. It steals God away from us for a season. Where are you now, God? We felt your presence when we were together with our departed friend, but not now. Oh, that's such a natural feeling if you ever feel it. And there's certainly nothing wrong with feeling that way. Because in time, God will let you know where he is. And he will assure you that he has not left you. The company of our prophet friends begins to come to us and express to us that they see God in a new way living in us. That's when we come to that place of joy and thanksgiving as we begin to realize that our departed friend has given us a double portion of their own faith. And now we know where God is. God is living within our hearts, living in us, and we're stronger now for having gone on the journey with our friends. On the mountain of transfiguration, Jesus was given a foretaste of his glory 
And James, Peter, and John were there to see it. They saw Jesus discussing his upcoming death with Moses and Elijah, meaning, among other things, that Jesus' death would fulfill all that the law and the prophets had said about the Messiah. And soon after Jesus' death and resurrection, the disciples would be given the same Holy Spirit that had lived in Moses, Elijah, Elisha, and Jesus. And perhaps that's the other significance of the fact that James and Peter and John had gotten to see their mentor as he was caught up into glory, as Elisha had seen his mentor. And just as Elijah passed from life on earth to life in heaven, knowing no break in his existence, so would Jesus pass from death into life, even promising the thief on the cross that there would be no break in his life either, for today he would be with Jesus in paradise. And as Elisha knew that life in eternity awaited him also, so did this experience with Jesus assure his disciples that they too would be with Jesus for all eternity. Thanks be unto God. Amen. In response to the proclamation of God's word, I invite you to stand and turn to page 7 in your hymnal as together we share the affirmation of faith that is printed there on that page. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Be seated, please. Let us unite our hearts in prayer. <clears throat> O oh Lord, we pray that the world may live in peace and that the church may achieve unity, fulfilling its service here and everywhere. We pray that all ministers and teachers in the church may be faithful servants of the gospel, leading others into its way of life and strengthening their faith. We pray that the leaders of this nation and of the world may govern with justice and mercy. We pray that all of our work may be done for the common good and that it be done in safety and that all may be spared from grinding toil which destroys fullness of life. We pray that those who work on frontiers of truth and those who enrich our lives with beauty and joy would be free to follow their vocations. We pray that those who suffer disease or poverty or loneliness or grief may be healed and comforted, and that those who are oppressed or persecuted may be strengthened and delivered. 
And we pray that those whom we've known and loved who have died in the faith may be a glorious memory to us and a source of renewed fellowship with all the saints. These are our prayers through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and seek to live in peace and love together. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. And now as forgiven and reconciled people, let us offer ourselves and our gifts to God as we receive our morning offering.
The great thanksgiving is there on page 9 of your hymnal. I invite you to, to uh, follow along and join in this proclamation. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. <clears throat> you formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity and made covenant to be our sovereign God and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, 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 God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor to proclaim release to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. 
Save us from the time of trial. Deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ, and the cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ.
The uh, prayer after receiving is found on page 11, near the bottom of the page. Let us pray together. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 